0: We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the
1: right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.
0: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your hosts from SteelersDepot.com where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Cazzurro always live talking Steelers and now here's Dave and Alex
1: Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 64. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thank you for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. And it is a very somber and sad day for Steelers Nation. By now, I assume uh, all of you guys have heard the news that broke very early on Wednesday morning that uh, Franco Harris, Hall of Fame running back, whose number will be retired, or was planning to be retired this weekend, at least with him in attendance for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, Frank Harris dead at 72. Just shocking, sad news. Um, no, no other information about his death right now. And just a sudden uh, situation, it appears. And again, just days away from what was supposed to be a joy celebration of his career, of the Immaculate Reception, as the Steelers and the Raiders get ready to play on Christmas Eve. So Dave, just devastating to the entire Steelers community.
0: Boy, I tell you, you know, I normally get up between four and five, uh, my time out here on, on, on the West coast and, uh, start getting to work and all, and man, my phone was just going crazy at, at 4.00 AM, uh, this morning and, uh, almost, you know, you, you, wiping the sleep out of your eyes saying what you know what what what's going on here and then then you actually you know matthew marxie uh our night owl and you know kind of wrapping up his kind of shift if you will uh caught that was able to to get that posted right away and all and it's just uh i mean you, you really couldn't believe it you know what you, what you were reading there uh i mean look i mean every, you know, people pass every day and all like that. But, you know, just the timing and all uh, of this, you know, uh, the, the surrealness of, uh, just yesterday, Mike Tomlin, you know, being asked about Franco Harris and, and the Immaculate Reception. And obviously uh this weekend, you know, a few days from now, celebrating the 50th anniversary of uh of the Immaculate Reception and Franco having his number 32 uh retired and on Friday uh on NFL Network, uh the foot you know, football life of Franco Harris. I mean, this this was, you know, this it was is to be you know, Franco Harris's weekend, uh, if you will. Uh uh, you know, not only a celebration of him, but obviously uh the Immaculate Reception. But uh you know, just a few days short of that now, him him suddenly passing just a, just the surrealness of it all, Alex. I mean, it 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 really uh, let you know that you know it's not on your time, right? It's on uh, it's on God's time, and you know wh- 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 you you don't have any control over that kind of stuff. So, really, is you know a sad and kind of uh, somber uh, morning, you know, obviously, and just kind of recollecting back and you know to my childhood and uh, obviously. You know, I wasn't. I mean, I was alive for the Immaculate Reception. I was four years old. I obviously don't remember it uh, uh, specifically, but not too too long after that, uh, you know, becoming a, you know a Steelers fan, and obviously quickly being introduced to to the history of that, and obviously you know growing up and watching Frank O'Hare's play and 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 that kind of stuff. So, uh, don't know no don't know what much more to add than that than than than, than what I just did.
1: No, I think it's well said. Um, it, it's hard to wrap your mind around the news again. This, it, not that I want to spend time uh, too much time speculating on what happened, but I believe he was involved with some sort of media event just last night. I think there were some photos and uh, some videos of him at, at some function, and so I mean, it's just you know, twelve hours later, and and here we are. But Frank Harris. It obviously, the focus in terms of, of some of the rem- remembrance today will be around the immaculate reception and you know the greatest play in NFL history and the anniversary coming up here this weekend. But just the man, the person, a guy who always stayed plugged into Pittsburgh, you know, Penn State, a uh, guy, you know, PA through and through, and just always had that presence around the area. And it's not one of those guys that played his football in Pittsburgh and then left and he never really heard from again. I mean, he was somebody always plugged in, always in tune. Um, an activist very passionate about those types of things as well and so um, there's more than than just one play the one play was incredible it was immaculate of course but Franco Harris's life his legacy his meaning goes so beyond just that one play in 1972.
0: Yeah really and 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 ambassador to you know really the city and 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 the organization on top of it, and man, you know, just uh, you can't. You come out of you. you know, I've only been to uh, Pittsburgh the one time, but uh, you come down that you know, come down that escalator mm-hmm. there, and there he is. You know, it's it, uh, uh, it's just kind of a fixture, uh, if you will. And you know, here we are, all these you know, obviously fifty years later, and 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 and, and still uh celebrating the immaculate reception and especially you know the, the 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 way they're doing it uh this weekend and all and uh greatest play still the greatest play in, in in NFL history and uh I don't see that changing anytime soon and yeah I mean just once again just a you know uh, just the timing of all this you know uh is just uh the thing that's that 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 makes it even more sobering I think
1: yeah, again, that that is the the most shocking element of it all. It's just days away. Mike Tomlin holding his press conference on Tuesday, which we'll touch on. Obviously, Franco far more important than anything else going on with the Steelers right now. But having a you know a nice answer about what Franco Harris meant to him, meant, meant to the Steelers, the organization, and here we are with his death. You know, again, just just a day later, and so it's really hard to to process. Again, that just sudden shift from, you know, it's going to be a great weekend, Steelers-Raiders, really big game for both sides, You know, celebrating the immaculate reception anniversary, his number being retired, which is just so rare in Pittsburgh, would be the only uh, third number retired behind Ernie Stotner and Joe Green. And I'm not, again, this is not the most, these are not the important things, but. I don't know if the plans will shift and if they will be some in some way postponed to, to um, retire his jersey this weekend at halftime as planned. The Steelers, to my knowledge, have not made an announcement as of 10.30 on Wednesday morning. But what should have been just an, an awesome moment for him, for the franchise... It's gonna have a lot of tears instead of uh laughter and smiles.
0: Yeah, and I would and and you know the, the students are usually are really, really measured when it comes to this kind of stuff and and uh uh statements and all like that. I'm sure it'll be forthcoming later today. And they're they're still probably trying to figure out uh, you know how they want to handle things this weekend and 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 all like that. Uh I'm betting Franco would say go, you know, uh it. <laughs> do what you were going to do, you know, let, let's, let's ramp this thing up. Let's get the fans excited. And, uh, uh, you know, let's, let, let, let's continue on with this celebration, you know, because you know, it, it should be a celebration of his life. Right. You know, not, you, you know, uh, not so much a celebration, uh, of, of, of a passing, if you will. But I, if I'm sure Franco would say, you know do do what you were going to do you know right, and look, sure. at least he knew yo uh this, the organization obviously doesn't retire or hasn't retired m- many numbers and uh at least he he knew his number was going to be retired right because uh, uh, several people get their numbers retired uh you know after they pass right? right you know uh but you know at least he knew this thing was coming at least he at least he knew ah uh, the th- this this celebration was going to 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 take place, so uh, you know uh, there there's probably some comfort in knowing that he knew that, right?
1: yeah, I think so. But man, that celebration would have been just fantastic this right. weekend just to have that kind of moment, all the terrible towels, um the remembrance, all the the festivities going on. so. It's going to be a tough weekend for sure. Um, To go back to the Immaculate Reception, again, I think it is more. He certainly is more than just one play, just one moment, um, more than just a football player. But I don't think there's any other team in sports history that has one clear moment like that where you go from the lovable losers, the, the old history to a new era. And that Immaculate Reception, although Pittsburgh did not win a Super Bowl in 72, they lost to the Dolphins next week that moment changed the franchise one singular play one singular moment to beat the 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 favored raiders who were obviously expected to win that game you know up, what was the score uh, 7 to 6 or whatever it was so late in the game and for franco to make that play you know literally change the fortunes and the history and the attitude and the perception of the Pittsburgh Steelers of a team that were the lovable losers to oh this team is is here they're for real and go on to win four super bowls franco A big part of that, especially the first two when Pittsburgh was a a rushing attack and they really weren't throwing the football um, all that much. And so, I mean, it's the greatest play just because of the, in a vacuum, the insane, you know, the absurdity of the play of the ball being bounced and Franco picking it up and just, you know, the what is happening aspect to it. But what it meant, big picture to the franchise in terms of turning their tide and being basically the catalyst for the dynasty that would follow no other team in sports has a moment like that and franco harris was that moment absolutely
0: i mean that's uh you know that 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 pushed them to the next level if you will and and uh you know look i i can't help but uh remember you know growing up and you know where i grew up in in pensacola uh obviously we didn't have access to you know nfl merchandise back there in the in 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 in, in the late 70s everything that pretty much that you bought you know, came out of uh, the Sears and Roebuck catalog. You know, and you usually only got that kind of stuff, at least me, uh, at 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 Christmas time. Whether it be a book bag or or uh, or a jacket or or you know something along those lines and you know as far as jerseys went no uh really there was only one jersey in those early days that you could get uh, out of the Sears and robot catalog and that was the 32 Steelers mm. jersey and and uh there was no names on the jersey back there but
1: uh but you knew who it was but,
0: but you knew who yeah. the, I mean, 32 was you know uh you look uh uh, now you would look, uh, in, 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 in the catalog, going back and look at the ad and you, and you think, man, even as, uh, you know, whose number, what you know, other kids even, you know, because being a Steelers fan, obviously in Florida was, was kind of unique at the time. Uh, but even other kids, uh, uh, fans of other teams knew what your 32, you know, Jersey stood for and all. So, uh, uh, and you know, I didn't take in my first Steelers game until, I think it was about 12 and it was that preseason game at, uh, uh, in what was, I guess, 1980, uh, at Atlanta Fulton County stadium, uh, I believe it was a Monday night game or the Monday night crew at least did it, uh, uh, at, uh, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, that was a big, big deal for me, uh, obviously driving up to Atlanta and then taking all that in. And then after the game, going out there and find, you know, uh, catching up with the team bus and got, you know, got my picture taken with, with Franco and, uh, uh, Lynn Swan and, you know, a couple other Steelers and all like that. So that was, that was obviously a big deal. And, you know, Franco was all uh, me growing up, lar- you know, larger than life individual, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you kind of surreal the way my life, you know, ended up going in the path that I took and doing what I'm doing now. And man, just uh, this past off season, right. We had, uh, had Franco on, on, on the podcast and right. really, really such a, such a surreal, I mean, this is a guy that you, you know, you grew up as a kid, you know, playing football in the front yard and emulating the immaculate reception and, and, you know, wearing that 32 Jersey. And yeah, I mean, just, you know, a lot, a lot of memories obviously growing up and man, when, when he, when he went to the Seattle Seahawks, look, we didn't, you didn't have e, you know, ESPN back then. And, and, You know the local newspaper. You know you find out like two weeks after it happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know (laughs) that kind of stuff, and and just crushing, crushing, crushing uh, to see you know a guy like Franco Harris uh, end up in a in a in 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 another you know uniform like that, and seeing that you know was was also kind of surreal. But uh, obviously a Pittsburgh Steeler at heart, and uh, you know my my tribute and our words today will be you know, uh, obviously uh, magnified by other people, you know, not our specific words, but their own thoughts. I mean, this is going to mm-hmm. be quite the weekend now. And, man, if you weren't already set to tune in to the, you know, the football life on the NFL Network on Friday night, man, it, it, that, that's most definitely must-see TV now. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers end up, you know, handling this uh, the rest of the weekend here.
1: Sure. We'll pass a word about their plans, any changes uh, when that commit comes in throughout the week. But um, yeah, I mean, Franco just loved Pittsburgh. He loved being a Steeler. I mean, how many draft picks has he announced over the last couple mm. of years? I mean, he has loved doing that. And I think he announced what Pat Frymuth a couple of years or two years ago as a, as a fellow Penn Stater. And you know, those are just really cool moments. I know Pat Frymuth, I think, had some tweets about that. Of course, you've seen the outpouring of thoughts and uh, you know, just tweets about Franco Harris from everybody from Tony Dungy to to Bill Cower and current players like Frymouth and others. And so you're going to continue to see that. And as sad as as the death of Franco Harris obviously is when you hear the stories and you, you, you see the tributes from players and coaches past and present, you know, there's a little bit of comfort in that just to know how much he was loved, how well uh, he was thought after and, and to learn more about the player and the man. And so while death is always so difficult to, to grapple with, especially under these circumstances being just days away from what should have been such a great celebration of his life, his career. Um, I take a bit of comfort in just seeing those tweets and thoughts, knowing mm-hmm. how much he was appreciated and, and, and just frankly loved.
0: Boy, you got people like Darrell Rivas chiming in, you know, on, on, on Twitter this morning. And uh, uh, man, yo, know, what 72. I mean, that's, that that that's young you know
1: yeah I mean, yeah and he, he was looked great for his age again i don't i don't want to speculate on on what happened but he seemed to be in in, in really good shape
0: yeah, and look, I mean, you got Emmett Smith now chiming in on Twitter saying, I'm sh- shocked and saddened to hear about the passing of my friend Franco Harris, uh, praying for Franco and his loved ones. I mean, Emmett Smith's a guy that, you know, from my, you know, I played football against Emmett Smith, you know, uh, and, and you know, Emmett obviously in a Hall of Fame and all like that now as well, too. So, I mean, I, I it just, once again, you know, just, uh, not, I mean, obviously shocked about the passing of Franco, but the timing on top of it, it just it really almost made it like a dream this morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm still trying to process that and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. So I really don't know where to go from here. Um Again, we'll update you in terms of any changes in terms of the celebration, the retirement, what will, what won't happen. We don't know right now, but any other final thoughts here, I guess, Dave, on the. Death of Franco Harris. No,
0: just a super somber day. And it's something that's uh, going to obviously dominate uh, the headlines. I mean, I know we got a couple of posts going and I think Josh Carney has one going with kind of reactions. Mm-hmm. So if anybody kind of wants to check that out to see, you know, all the people chiming in on, uh, you know, t- for teammates and, you know, uh, co- former coaches and. You know, just general personality. I mean, Terry Bradshaw was on uh, Good Morning Football uh, this morning. Quite, quite a uh, good interview. If you get a chance to to, to find that, I'm sure that'll surface uh, on social media and and YouTube at some point today. There, so. Yeah, I mean, we're just it's going to be a I mean, it was already going to be a busy weekend anyway. Right. I mean, with uh, with the stuff surrounding the Immaculate uh, uh, Reception celebration and uh, now it's just going to get even busier with uh, with the passing of, of, of Franco Harris.
1: Absolutely. So uh, we do want to touch a little bit on on the present day Steelers and, and what Mike Tomlin had to say in the upcoming game against the Raiders. But we'll take a pause here, I think, and then come back with the rest of that. And welcome back to the Terrible Podcast. And again, as difficult as it is to segue from the tragic and sudden death of Franco Harris to the you know here and now with the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're going to touch on a couple of topics as well. Go a bit shorter um, with this conversation and just the overall show today, uh, as again, we're still processing uh, the loss of Franco Harris. But Mike Tomlin speaking to the media on Tuesday, going through some injuries with the team's Saturday game. They had an er- uh, early Tuesday Injury report, though, it's an estimated offering, no official practice yesterday for the team. Not practicing in their estimated uh, capacity was Kim Hayward and Larry Ogan Joby with rest, Terrell Edmonds, a DNP uh, with his hamstring. The big news, though, is going to be Kenny Pickett, um, who in the estimated offering practiced, uh, quote unquote, fully. And Mike Tomlin said basically he's at a concussion protocol and is fully expected to start Saturday against the Raiders.
0: Yeah. And uh, looks like Miles Jack's going to be back uh, this week and uh, uh, it'd be interesting. I, I, you know, probably a little bit of a question on, on Muth, but as Mike Tomlin said, he played and kind of an- anticipates him playing uh, this next week as well too. So, uh, uh, you know, they overall, I think when, 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 when the injury report comes out after their first official practice uh, today on Wednesday, it probably be a little bit shorter, probably to have those rest guys off of there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the really, the, 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 the ones to watch, I guess would be Edmonds with that hamstring. I mean, Najee's also on there with a the hip and, uh, what Deontay Johnson's on there, I think with, 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 with the turf toe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but probably Firemouth and, and Edmonds would probably be the biggest ones to watch. But even, even Mike Tomlin sounded, uh, optimistic about them. And, you know, as, as long as, you know, Kenny Pickett gets through all these practices without, you know, sliding backwards in any way, uh, he's going to be your guy, uh, on, 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 on Saturday night against the Raiders there. So. You know, for the most part, this this is shaking out for this team to have a healthy week here.
1: Yeah, team looks to be in pretty good shape. We'll have to check on anything potentially with cornerback William Jackson, the third still on IR. If he wants any chance to return for even, say, the regular season finale against the Browns, you think he's basically got to be activated by today. Don't know if that's going to happen. Probably doesn't look terribly likely, but should note that because otherwise Pittsburgh seems to be in a pretty good place health wise and should have their quarterback back. For this weekend's game
0: yeah and i suppose uh they, well they filled a practice squad spot today right
1: right uh that was uh david uh how do you say it and i uh, 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 uh
0: yeah a nini i think i, I oh, can't I remember it's so a long guy <laughs> i almost forgot he was even on the practice right. squad when that came across but the atlanta falcons uh signed him off of the uh the Steelers practice squad boy uh uh, he had been on the roster, you know, or, or, or uh, basically with the team. Uh, not long after uh, TJ Watt went down early in the season, uh, they they signed him off of the uh, Tennessee Titans practice squad. He spent three weeks uh, uh, on, on, on there and was inactive all three uh, games there, and then uh, gets uh, gets waived and then brought back to the practice squad. And he's been there since what uh, middle October or something like that. So uh, uh guy that you kind of wondered. Hey, is there anything to this guy? And we, we'll never know, right? Or at least uh, not not now, because he's on the fifty three man roster of the Atlanta Falcons at least through the end of the season. And assuming he stays there, uh, you know he he he's going to be there for 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 a while.
1: Yeah, maybe Atlanta will find out who he is, but uh, Pittsburgh will not. So you're right; they should fill that practice squad spot today, and we'll have that for you guys uh, whenever that news comes in. Uh, what else from Tomlin? Actually, again, like we kind of mentioned uh, a short time ago, was asked uh, about Franco Harris and talked about you know his impact, the Immaculate Reception. I just want to read um, one excerpt of what Tomlin had to, to say about uh, Franco. Again, it's just before his death on on Wednesday morning, saying, quote, he's just a special man. Forget the player. Obviously, I never knew the player. I know the man. And just what an awesome representation of this organization, this community, a guy that embraces all the responsibility that comes with being him. I just admire his passion for Pittsburgh and young people. He served a long time on the board with my wife, Pittsburgh Promise, and his passion for others in this place. And the Steelers is unparalleled and it is to be admired, end quote. And it certainly is. And so, um again, just wild to think about those thoughts yesterday when Frank Harris was alive and, and now he's gone. But uh, I'm glad that Tomlin had the opportunity to, to say that and, and say what he said um, before Harris's death.
0: Yeah, and that—that's just another thing that makes this thing surreal, right?
1: Yeah, you know? absolutely.
0: I mean, uh, you know, not, not even 24 hours ago, uh, you know, you you, you you have Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, part of the press conference being dedicated to obviously the the Immaculate Reception and and, and Frank O'Hara specifically, and now those, you know, once again, not even 24 hours, those words are almost like a eulogy, if you will, you know, and sure. Uh, sure. It just, it, you you just never know, do you? You just never know.
1: Yeah, you never, you never know. It's uh, again, still just trying to process it, like I know every other Steelers fan is trying to do today. But uh, yeah, Tomlin went on to talk about the Immaculate Reception and the points that we made earlier about how that was kind of the line in the sand for this franchise, the turnaround point, uh, everything before the Immaculate Reception, everything after, um, a, a night and day difference there. But beyond, um, those kind of comments, Mike Tomlin talking about the Panthers game and a lot of commentary about uh, the penalties, uh, you know, from linebacker Marcus Allen, from wide receiver Deontay Johnson. Mike Tomlin certainly trying to, um, downplay that as much as possible, saying a quote that he's now become pretty fond of. I'm not going to give you a pound of flesh, basically. I don't, I'm not going to give you a quote to, to run with for a big headline to try to keep this story in the air.
0: Yeah. And look, uh, I mean, what, what did people expect him to do? Did you expect him to to, to, to chide him? I mean, we, we knew that wasn't going to happen, right?
1: My view of that is everybody did their jobs. The reporter has an obligation to ask, what did you say? What is the the fallout, if any, from those uh, you know, costly penalties? And Tomlin did his job of not having a juicy quote to, to keep that story going with a big headline for the next 24 hours. And so I think everybody did their job as, as they should.
0: And, you know, now with the news cycle on the front, you know, uh, uh, Marcus Allen, you know, the the news cycle has a way of dominating and pushing other things off off of the headline sheet. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, the thing with I was on the radio uh, yesterday with Dave weekly and all. And, uh, you know, obviously, a lot of people calling for Marcus Allen to be released. And look, we knew that wasn't going to happen and, and isn't going to happen. But I tell you what, you uh, Marcus and and there was even a and I mentioned this to weekly, Weekly. Couple guys on a couple former Steelers on on, on, on Twitter. Uh, uh, who was it? Will Allen and and Vince Williams. In so many words, <laughs> and you you know that Mike Tomlin. Uh, 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 you know, lack of a better word, you know, uh, lit a far, or uh, embarrassed Marcus Allen during during some team meetings and all like that. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. here we have a statement now uh, from from Art Rooney on uh, the passing Art Rooney, the second on the passing of uh, Franco Harris, uh, Alex, that I'm going to pass along here.
1: OK, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. You, mean, you Go ahead it? and read it. OK, uh, this is from Art Rooney. He was president, quote. It is difficult to find the appropriate words to describe Franco Harris's impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers, his teammates, the city of Pittsburgh, and Steelers Nation from his rookie season, which included the immaculate reception through the next 50 years. Franco brought joy to people on and off the field. He never stopped giving back in so many ways. He touched so many, and he was loved by so many. Our thoughts and prayers are with his wife, Dana, his son, Doak, his extended family at this difficult time. End quote, and so that is a statement from Art Rooney II on the death of Franco Harris, in a, in a very classy and and great statement by Mr. Rooney.
0: Right, uh, uh, all right, uh, that just came. Sorry, sorry for the interruption there, no, but uh, go, going back to uh, uh, what I was telling you know, coming off of what Vince Williams and all you know said that he's probably got torched pretty good uh, in, in 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 the meeting rooms and all like that, uh, without question, but. Uh, you know how you you know how you make up for that go make a play go make a big play and uh you know you got a big game obviously coming up against the Raiders on uh on on Saturday night uh be a great time to get one of those footballs loose on special teams right? And and uh, you know just mind mind your P's and Q's and kind of go from there if you will. So uh, not surprised at all to Mike Ty and uh, you know obviously he asked about Deontay Johnson and as well too, and he's going to keep all that stuff in house and uh, you know. Look, this is uh, Marcus Allen, I think, scheduled to become an unrestricted free agent after this season and, you know, zero playing time on a defensive side of football, so not a good time for him to uh, be acting out in that way, uh, obviously.
1: Yeah, but all you can do is move forward and try to redeem yourself the best way possible. It doesn't excuse what he what he did that was reckless and stupid and and just, you know, super costly and in a lot of different ways, but he uh, should, I think, he'll dress, I think he'll play and and hopefully um, does not have any repeat offense Uh, And because this game is so important against the Raiders. It is putting the focus on football for a moment. I mean, to me, this is a a loser goes home kind of game. Both teams are six and eight. You get to nine losses. You have no chance to make the playoffs. Chances right now are already pretty slim, especially Mm -hmm. slim for Pittsburgh, but certainly you have to win out. Both teams have to win out to have even some sort of shot to make the postseason. So there is no margin for error. Everything's going to be on the line this weekend. And you have to enter the game with that thought in mind.
0: Absolutely, and uh, uh, once again, you know, point three percent, you know, chance of, of of making the playoffs according to five thirty eight uh, uh, website, I think. And uh, a lot of stuff has got to happen, but uh, part of all you can do at this point is, is control what you do, and that's uh, going out and 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 winning on Saturday night against the Raiders there, and. Uh, what else did Mike Tomlin have to say on, Oh, talking about the Raiders and lawn and, you know, Josh, uh, look, uh, Alex, uh, oh, here's the main, here's a, another storyline right now, obviously is the weather, right? I mean, you got your long right. johns ready for this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of the coldest games in Pittsburgh sports history. I believe they're calling, let me see what the weather they're, they're calling right now in terms of the high low. It's going to be cold, whatever the number is. All I be. know is
0: like negative.
1: Yeah, it looks like the actual temperature, a high quote unquote of 13, but this is a night game. So it's going to be probably in the single digits with a windshield that's going to dip into the negative numbers. And so it's going to be one of the coldest games in sealess history,
0: like 30, uh, 30 mile an hour winds or something like that. And the wind chill, I forget what they say. The, uh, the, the, the wind chill supposed. tell me how cold that is, Alex. I mean, you, you, I you know, I I've obviously been in cold before up in Detroit and, 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 and stuff like that, but I, I don't think I ever been in that kind of cold.
1: I mean, it is, it is as cold as cold can get. I, I try not to is go it out. Is it a biting is it cold oh, yeah. up there? Cause you know, I mean, it's, for me, it's one of those things where my eyebrows start to freeze, or my eyelashes start to freeze. Like you feel that—that's how cold it gets. And when it's windy, especially when it's you're on you're on the river like that, it's windy. I mean, it is just going to be brutal. So it's, it, I mean, for the fans who brave it out there, kudos to you. But I'm not a, I'm not a cold weather guy, and, <laughs> and you're, I'm definitely not going to be a cold weather guy Saturday.
0: And how long have you been uh, living in Pittsburgh?
1: <laughs> All my life, which I question that decision because I'm definitely a warm weather beach kind of person, but. Uh, yeah, I don't like the winter and Saturday is going to be as, as brutal as it gets.
0: And, and you know, the, e- even in Pensacola, look, I mean, we would have, uh, you know, occasionally during the winter, you have those hard freezes and all like that because of the humidity and kind of the dampness and where that's located. I mean, uh, it would get you know, and, and it not even getting ne- obviously in negative territory, you know, it might get down to as low as I don't know, like, you know, 22 or something like that uh, on, on the rare occurrence. And when, 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 when that did, it was you want it, the cold hurt. And I can imagine You know, and and, and being kind of in a damp area, you know, uh, uh, proximity to the to uh, to to the uh, uh, rivers and all like that, I would imagine to be the same way up there. So anyway, cold, cold and and windy and this this could highly impact the game on Saturday night. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't don't know how much snow is in the forecast.
1: It looks like it's going to snow Thursday and Friday. It should be good for Saturday's game. So there shouldn't be any any snow during the game, but it's going to be maybe something before that. Yeah, I don't know exactly in what ways it will impact it other than, I mean, just the attrition of it all, just dealing with the cold and, you know, Las Vegas Raiders, how do they handle, you know, extreme cold like that? It's likely going to be the coldest game in Pittsburgh since 1989. And so, um, you know, that's going to just have an obvious impact there and we'll see how. How both teams deal with it, especially the Raiders coming from your neck of the woods when where it gets cold, but not this. cold.
0: Right, right. No, I don't think uh, uh, looking at some 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 uh, uh, past records of uh, Derek Carr, I don't think he's played very well in cold weather in the past. And uh, this, you know, uh, you would think that a lot of what they would want to do would be throwing the football normally. And that might be impact. Whoever can run the football better in this game, <laughs> uh, that might be the difference there. And boy, do they have a running back in Josh Jacobs that got uh, a lot of praise from uh, Mike Tomlin on Tuesday.
1: As he should, he's leading the NFL in rushing. I mean, he's had a really big year and the Raiders declined his option. And it kind of felt like before the season began that, that he was going to be in a, timeshare and competition and committee and none of that happened he's just been fantastic but you know i don't want to count out their pass game either Devonte adams was in green bay for a decade and you know was one of the elite receivers in football so if car can get him the football then you know the guy like Devonte adams can make plays they're getting darren waller back they're getting Hunter renfro back so they're going to be really at full strength for this contest right all right i think it's probably anything else on mike tomlap i think that kind of hit on all the uh keynotes there
0: uh, let's see. We got weather. We got uh, uh, Franco McElroy. Yeah, I think we we hit injuries and all like that. Really, uh, uh, not not too much other uh, coming out of that, right?
1: Did a uh, kind of downplay Mark Robinson's uh, defensive debut, saying seven snaps, limited sample size. Which, of course, it is. But said he was uh, excited to see Robinson get out there. Said uh, the comment came, kind of made me laugh. Tomlin said. Uh, hopefully he gets to play again i'm like well you decide if he gets to play again Tomlin. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a you question more than a me question
0: yeah we 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 kind of set people up for that already right and kind of t- coming out of uh uh the game saying you know there there there's there's not a lot to to really go on there are seven defensive snaps uh you broke down i think uh, all seven of them right
1: uh, all four run snaps uh-huh. yeah uh and, and then the uh,
0: then the passing snaps uh, on on youtube right
1: uh, yeah, somewhere. I'm losing track of where I, I tweeted or had or, or clipped some of this stuff, but yeah, it's, it's a small sample size, but it's something and you just kind of felt the initial aggression and downhill ability and energy that he brought all things I saw in the summer, but something it's something to build on and we'll see if he gets an opportunity going forward. So just a brief um over, overview of the All-22 from the Steelers-Panthers game. I know you and I probably don't have any dramatically different thoughts on this game after watching the All-22 as opposed to just watching it as it happened live. I I like that Mike Tomlin shouted out Larry Okunjobi. I thought Okunjobi played a really strong game um, coming off a Ravens game, in which he kind of really faded in that second half and down the stretch. I thought some of the backside pursuit Okunjobi made early in that game, late in that game, including one goal line situation. I thought Okunjobi was, was really solid overall.
0: Yeah, he was. And, uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there that you see on the all 22, the, the you know, Cameron Hayward, uh, long arm. He, you know, that looked like old, that looked like the Cameron Hayward that, you know, we've seen over the years, right. Uh, uh, good push, uh, uh, up the middle and several plays boy, uh, Alex Highsmith, what a game for him for, and for a homecoming going back home as well too. So that was, uh, obviously good to see, uh, boy, Minka, you know, I, th- I thought he had a pretty good Devin Bush, you know, still doing some, uh showing that physicality near the line of scrimmage and uh that's one thing mike tomlin you know uh, highly praised you know devin bush might have might have been a little bit over the top there on mike tomlin's part uh look wh- here's the thing this is the best devin bush that we've seen since going back to his rookie year right and 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 i think we're even starting to see him do do some things that even he wasn't doing uh, during his rookie season, you know, uh, doing a better job of the physicality at the line of scrimmage there, but uh, make no mistake. uh, Devin Bush is not going to make a lot of money probably during the off season. Uh, And I I don't think the Steelers will be falling all over themselves to re-sign Devin Bush, but you got to point out the good when you see it. And we have consistently over the last several weeks said and there's been some bad in there, too, but we are seeing some things from Devin Bush that we really haven't seen, you know, really for his career.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing Tomlin hit on that I mentioned in a video about a month ago was just some of the body language. He's showing some of the pre-snap communication. It just seems to be a more confident player who's who's trusting what he's seeing a bit more and is more just active pre-snap. And then it just shows a level of confidence and belief in, in what he's seeing and and what he can do. But is that enough to to keep him around. To sign him uh, this offseason. I don't think so. But it makes it a bit more of an interesting discussion. As opposed to entering this year. Where it felt like this guy had no, no chance. No path to come back. There has been improvement. You have to recognize that. But is that enough to warrant him being the starter next year. I think you find something else.
0: Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, you know, our, our own Tyler Wise. Uh, had some great clips of uh, just a separation. Uh, and it's nothing new for Deontay Johnson, right? Uh, just, uh, but you know, it, it 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 sticks out on on the all twenty-two when you see, you know, him kind of spin those cornerbacks around and 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 get the 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 amount of yardage of separation that he got. Uh, our own Owen Straley's back in the fold football season's over. So it's good to see Owen back, uh, uh, riding on the site again and all like that. And, uh, broke down that bust, that, uh, blown coverage, if you will, by, uh, James Pierre and it, you know, I think it was kind of easy to diagnose on the TV film, but I think the all 22 really, really, uh, brings it into light that he, he, he just missed the call. I think, uh, uh you know, they're supposed to be in cover three there. And it looks like he's trying to play just, a, you know, like a zone uh, mm-hmm. cover two, thinking he's got help up over the top there. And uh didn't take long for him to figure out that he didn't have, mm-hmm. didn't have the help. And then, you know, you cut to the uh, cut to the side, uh, you know, I think uh there's a TV timeout or, or in a quarter or whatnot. And, and, and next thing you see is the, the defensive backs on the sideline discussing the play and, yeah, 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 you, there's no lips to read in that, but you could almost see uh, Casey basically tell James Pierre that no, that that wasn't the coverage.
1: On <laughs> yeah. As you said, as Pierre quickly found out and even, you know, as he had that miscommunication, that's one thing. The thing that also struck me too, was whenever he realizes he's beat and he's trying to run to catch up to Marshall, the receiver, he's still looking back. He's kind of peeking back and you got to get back in. When you're at a phase like that, you don't look back at the football. You know where the ball is going. It just slows you down. So just run full speed. Look back when you get back in phase. So Even some of the technical stuff as you're trying to recover, I didn't like from Pierre. And that ball was underthrown. And so had Pierre just run straight through that, he may have been able to actually still make a play on the football. Ultimately, did not because he's kind of looking back and trying to find the ball as he's running. So Pierre, a talented guy. But the issue with him has been some of those mental mistakes, understanding down and distances, communication. Pittsburgh overall is starting for, for a secondary or cornerback room that is not amazing, they've not blown a lot of coverages this year. Not a lot, not a lot of clear and obvious miscommunication and breakdowns. And and you bring Pierre, who I think has more talent, that could be a really strong uh, man cover corner. But you factor in those mental mistakes and errors, and those are the things that are really costly. Those are the things that are preventing him from taking that next step.
0: Look, I mean, he's there. There's there there. He has his moments where. Uh, he looks like he can be a starter, you know, and then he has he, a lot of his negative moments have been uh big, big
1: plays, right? Sure, sure. Think about the Bengals game last year, um, the Broncos game, I think last year, another example of, of some errors and some poor technique. I mean, he's a he's a feast famine guy. He's aggressive. He's a gambler. He was the most aggressive guy in training camp this summer. He was a guy that had big plays and got burned a lot. So Ah, uh, that's the mentality he plays with. There's a there's a risk to that. There's a, a, a reward to that, and you're kind of feeling all of that this season from James Pierre. Right. Ah, uh, let's see what
0: else uh, stuck out on the all twenty two, Alex.
1: Um. I think the O-line just did a nice job overall across the board, even in pass pro of their run blocking gets a lot of the credit for the, how committed to the run Pittsburgh was in this one. But I thought their pass pro keeping the pocket clean for Mr. Biscay was, was underrated. Yontay Johnson, you know, creating space, moving him in the slot more. Um, That was good to see. So I think those are kind of the things that stuck out to me overall.
0: Right. I mean, so good to see them. I mean, they, they, they've run the football good at some, you know, at a couple of times, especially in the second half of this season.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. Since the bye. I mean, the Ravens game aside, the Ravens are the best run defense in football. Um, they run the ball extremely well. I mean, they didn't run the ball, you know, the box score. They averaged three and a half yards per carry in this game, but they consistently controlled the line of scrimmage. They stayed on schedule. They only had, I think, three negative plays the entire game on 44 rushing attempts, excluding the, the one quarterback, Neil. And one was by a receiver on that toss play that Brian Burns was able to to stop. So only two negative plays by running backs in this game. So that was critical Harris pushing the pile forward again very similar to what Baltimore did to them a week ago.
0: Right. Uh okay, uh I guess between now and uh you know obviously going to be uh, dominated once again by the passing of Franco and all and and we'll see what the uh what the Steelers end up doing uh, if there's any changes with what's going on uh, Saturday night at Ackershire Stadium with the uh, uh, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate uh, Reception. What else we got, Alex? Uh, maybe we're trying to I think we got to hopefully going to have uh, our buddy Vinny, uh, who covers the Raiders out in Vegas, uh, tentatively scheduled right now to, to be on the show Friday to help us kind of preview that game. What else is going on around the NFL?
1: Uh, it's hard to think about those things right now, to be honest, just just given the landscape of today. But, uh, yeah, we'll kind of reset and come back for Friday and put the focus more on on football and the game and any updates on on the team's plans this weekend. But I think we can probably hit a couple of reader emails and uh, close out today's show.
0: Yeah, I'm looking here up at uh, the Hall of Fame mini helmet that you got me signed by Frank O'Hare. Mm. It's quite uh uh, I certainly do appreciate that. I, I th- one of the first, one of the first things I thought of this morning here is, uh, you give me that gift there. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll cover it uh, on Cedars Depot in the coming days, Alex and I'll be back on Friday. So in the meantime, you can, uh, follow me on Twitter at Cedars Depot, follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora, follow the show at terrible podcast, email the show, the terrible podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the go to SteedersDepot.com, hit the donate button. Obviously, uh, if you want an ad-free version of the site, go to SteedersDepot.com, hit the ad-free button. Uh, A lot of content, obviously, coming on the site as well today as well, too. Uh, Alex, good job. I'll be talking to you on Friday. As always, thanks for listening to The Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex.